from Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Sunday Live on 91.3 FM Stereo. Sunday Live. 23 after 7, according to reports, the Higher Education Minister had a cut-off time of 5 p.m. on Friday to report back to student organizations such as the South African Union of Students, or SAUS, regarding a list of grievances over university fees. This comes after mass protests at Wits University and other universities across the country about the status of higher education in South Africa. Joining us online is Ishmael Minisi, media liaison officer and spokesperson for the Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation. Uh, and uh, unpacking this discussion, uh, Ishmael, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you so much for your time. Now, can you tell us a little bit about uh, uh, some of the demands that were proposed uh, by student organizations in the past week? We've seen a lot of activity uh, coming from students at different university campuses, and uh, there were demands put before Minister. Um, what, what are some of these, and what are some of the reactions or responses that were provided in response to these? Well, in the main, the students are demanding that um, the returning students who owe the universities must be given an opportunity to register regardless of um, the amount that they owe the universities. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and uh, secondly, they, they demand that uh, they should be given... Uh, all universities should give the, the students uh, accommodation mm-hmm. um, and also the N plus 2 rule, mm-hmm. which basically relates to the criteria that we do we, we use when we offer students bursaries, uh, that uh, we give them an opportunity for them to fail once. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, when they do a, a three-year degree, they can remain or stay funded for four years. And now they demand that um, we should uh, give them more opportunities. In other words, that uh, if they do a three-year degree, we allow them to fail two times. If they do a four-year degree, we allow them uh, to fail two times. It means now they'll stay in an, in an institution for five years and they still have uh, access to funding. Now, these are amongst the demands that the students are having. Mm, mm, wonderful. Now, uh, these are demands that have not just been made for 2021. I mean, if you look at the Fees Must Fall protest uh, quite a few years ago, uh, we're pretty much the same demands put forward. And uh, it seems like, you know, year in, year out, uh, it's the same call by students across university campuses. What is the minister? What is the minister's proposition or response to these demands? Well, firstly, um, let me indicate that there is a meeting which uh, started yesterday with the students, and we are um, still in discussion with the students uh, because um, they feel that our responses uh, are not adequate because they do not address all the issues that they are raising. So we are discussing an issue currently um, which is still under discussion and review um, in these meetings. So I just need to make uh, that um, notice um, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, we should understand that um, we are in that situation. Sure. However, mm-hmm. what we can indicate is that um, 
you are very correct. The, these demands are not new. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is something that has been done year in, year out uh, in addressing that. For an example, let's start with the issue of um, the N plus mm-hmm. uh, two rule. Mm-hmm. Last year, in 2020, we made a, a proposition that firstly, we said the rules won't be changed because um, they do have an implication into the entire system of education in South Africa. And um, they would affect the first year entrance uh, students if we, 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 we are not handling issues very well. And that as a sector, we are scrambling for resources with other societal needs, uh, such as health, uh, social development issues, uh, uh, sanitation and water, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the budget that we are talking about ought to cater for societal needs ex- uh, apart from education. So as we make demands, we ought to understand how the government system works mm-hmm. and where we ultimately get funding mm-hmm. to sustain the very same system that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is the premise that we started with. And um, we then said, look, um, we are going to look at uh, the appeals of the students that uh, felt that they might have been not uh, ignored when they've made uh, their appeals on the N-plus rule. Mm -hmm. And we therefore discovered that at the inset of the application of the rule, they are... uh, uh, Students who, you know, uh, were you know, registered mm-hmm. before the 2018 cut-off date. Now, the cut-off date in this instance means when the rules came into effect, mm-hmm. when uh, the NSFAS was changed into a buzzering. So they came at a time when uh, NSFAS was alone. Now, the cut-off date. Um, uh, affected them. So the cooling off period mm-hmm. affected them. And therefore, their years were, you know, uh, reduced. And we then said, let's give them an additional year for them to complete their studies. Right, right. And, uh, just to make sure that um, there is no student who is unfairly mm-hmm. um, uh, excluded. And indeed, we, we did that last year. Sure. Uh, Ishmael, uh, just my yeah. final thought, my final question for you is, uh, with regards to the actual funding itself, now, um, when the, the Minister of Finance sets out his budget for different departments and different, uh, um, we know that, you know, state-owned enterprises has a very close link to receiving financial gain, and people are always asking, um, you know, um, how come is it that uh, SAA is getting bailed out all the time uh, for 10 billions amount or more at every given juncture, but it seems that uh, funding is still an issue for the minister or for the Department of Education rather. Um, so when, when the Department of Education make these requests for extra funding, what is the response to the consensus from, uh, from national government? Well, uh, uh, um, the, the, all departments make budgets uh, 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 and uh, they are taken to Cabinet ultimately, well, through the Department of Finance, mm-hmm. where appropriations are made. Mm-hmm. We must acknowledge that there, there has been, uh, uh, over the past years, a, a funding deficit uh, in all the government departments. And uh, when we make um, 
the demands. Uh, others are met, others are not met. And this is the reason why almost every year we are able to uh, fund more students who uh, request funding from us. The grants that we give universities increases almost every year. Uh, research money that we give students uh, when they do research work increases every year. And uh, and the number of items, uh, including those that affect um, uh, the training of the very same students and lecturers, it does increase. However, uh, because of the inflation targeting issues, we've always been you know, not getting more than what we would um, expect as, mm-hmm. as a department. Wonderful. Now, we can't therefore be saying that um, uh, other sectors uh, within the economy of South Africa, which are very critical, must not be funded and only one must be. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, the existence of those sectors uh, becomes endangered. Now, we understand it in that context and the reasons that comes from Treasury um, is in that regard. Sure. That uh, there must be equilibrium and also when the president gives us a state of the national press, we know that every year he, he prioritizes certain aspects and we have been amongst those that have been prioritized and that's why our budget is amongst um, the biggest mm. budget uh, in, 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 in the country sure. as the Department of Higher Education and Training Youth uh, know that um, the department is divided into four. Firstly, we are funding universities. We are funding uh, Tibet colleges. Mm-hmm. We are funding CETAs, and we are funding what we call the CETs, mm-hmm. the Community Education and Training Colleges. Sure. Now, those four sex, uh, subsects of the department get funding, not only university students now, even in our appropriation, which is something that has been happening for many years, mm-hmm. prioritization has been on universities. And the other subsectors have suffered. And now we said we need to reverse the situation and balance the equilibrium, meaning Tibet students, uh, college students also must be prioritized for funding and uh, also the development of the Tibet sector because it is important that uh, South Africa must improve its own vocational skills. Now, we can, therefore cannot be able to take all the budgets that we have, which almost currently 60% goes to uh, only 26 universities. Mm. And uh, whereas we've got more than 50 Tibet colleges, mm-hmm. and we therefore had to include the Tibet college students into the funding, which they were not get, getting it before. Sure. So in other words, the funding that will therefore go to university students will now have to be spread across the system with Tibet College students also getting funding. Yeah. We now, I said, we've got the CETAs where mm-hmm. we're training, uh, you know, uh, young people. They, got, uh, they have to be trained. Mm-hmm. We need to pay their stipends when they go to the employers to work for a particular period of time. Mm-hmm. We therefore must make sure that there is money to pay the students who are going to work. Now, the cake, of course, um, uh, would not be enough for everyone. Yeah. But the view is that we need at least to try to cover everybody, not only 26 universities, because mm. the majority of South African youth are spread across these four sectors. And again, there are those young people who are not within the education and training system at all. Mm. These four subsectors. 
that I'm sure. picking up well, Ishmael, yeah, yes. um, sorry about that. We just have another guest with us. But thank you for giving us that insight about spreading the cake evenly for all universities. We really appreciate your time this morning. Have a lovely one. My pleasure. Well, Ishmael Menisi, Media Liaison Officer, Spokesperson for the Minister of Higher Education. Well, we now welcome with us uh, uh, another guest that uh, we have, you know, with regards to speaking about a higher education. That is Professor Juan Marman, Deputy Dean for Research at the Faculty of Education. Prof, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time. Good morning and good morning to your listeners. Well, Prof, I mean, the, the concept of historical debt and financial exclusion has been an ongoing discussion for years, in fact. And uh, it's something that, uh, you know, uh, triggers perhaps past injustices and perhaps uh, uh, future inequities in our social in our socioeconomic system. But be that as it may, UWC took a decision uh, this year or uh, some time ago, in fact, of scrapping away the application fee. And then obviously uh, one of the first institutions, if I recall correctly, uh, to allow students to register without having, um, you know, the, the, the bane of this historic debt behind them. Um, is it something that, uh, you know, um, uh, something you'll have collectively come to the party to help students with and that is the reason for such? Yes, before I go to the UWC example, can I just say that um, it is interesting that the Department of Education and Training is claiming Mm. that um, we we are suddenly now faced uh, over the last four four or five years with this issue of of funding students. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we must accept that we haven't done well over the last 20 years or so sure. to structure, to structure yes. basic education and higher education with its different sectors mm-hmm. um, to fit our societal needs. It must, it must be a model and a system that fits what South Africa, you know, brings to the party. Sure. So, for example, so, so for example um, we know that we have the historical injustices yes. pre-1994. Sure. We've, set, we've set up a system post-1994 that doesn't really fit the South African societal need. And mm-hmm. that is the issue. We have to go back to the drawing board to say, if we have such a number of learners being born or, and then entering the system at a particular point of time, let's say... Uh, 12 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Let's work with the 12-year school cycle to start with, right? Where are they going to be when they need to go to high school, out Mm -hmm. of primary school? Where are they going to be when they, as as a cohort, when they go into the FET school school phase? Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Where are they going to be post uh, 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 grade 12, Mm -hmm. post-metric? And we have to therefore structure all our sectors according to that. We can't be now surprised by um, the growth in university numbers, the growth in TVET college uh, students, etc., and other colleges. You know, we are not planning properly. That's number one. And that is very clear mm-hmm. over the last few years um, that we haven't planned for this. Yes. Now, now we are claiming we are, we are overwhelmed. That's the one. The other one, is the fact that government is just not prioritizing education the way they should be. Mm. They are are telling us uh, for a few years now that the cake is only so big. We accept that, Mm -hmm. right? But then you can't prioritize a white elephant across the economic sector Mm. and across the public public sector. You, You can't do that. If we know that education is going to be our 
uh, uh, focus point and priority in our country, then we have to say, SAA, you have to wait. Mm. You know, it is, it is more important for us to get the youth through the different sectors mm. and through the different training and education and training sectors and cover them so that they can participate meaningfully in the economy. Without so that's just, that's just things that we have to accept. We haven't done that, mm-hmm. and, and it is high time that we start that. But let me quickly go to the UWC sure. example. Mm-hmm. You know, the University of the Western Cape has had the historical tradition, right, to fight for the underdog in, in the South African community. We all know that. Um, and, and UWC has kept with it mm-hmm. in different ways despite all the struggles, despite limited funding because of where the university was pre-1994. Sure. Right? And in all those kinds of things. But it's important that all universities take note of that. A university is not anymore a place for the elite. The university is there to serve everybody mm. in, in, in the community. And therefore, you have to be agile and you have to adapt to the circumstances that face you. And, you, and especially you have to be in touch with the conditions and circumstances and backgrounds of the students at your university. So I made the example the other day that um, um, it doesn't make sense that one university charges 50% and 60% more than yes. another university for the same course. Sure. Absolutely. So, so those are all kinds of things that the Department of Higher Education and Training is not focusing on. You know, mm-hmm. some some regularization of the system. At the end of the day, it is South African. Whether mm-hmm. you are South African student at UWC, whether you are South African student at at, at, at UCT or at the Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, Prof. I think that's the, um, you are a South African student and the funding structures ought to be the same regardless of uh, university ranking in the world. And based on that, you use that to leverage a higher fee structure. It's not justified. I, I fully agree with you on that one. But uh, uh, looking at this model for sustainability, and I'm sure students reach out all too often, you know, being excluded and having to do that walk of embarrassment because of not being able to afford fees. Well, when we look at the model, what would you think would be a viable means for the department to look mm. at in sharing that cake? Uh, what, what model is most uh, most profound in bringing students uh, to where they mm. where they would like to be? Yes, you have to start. You have to start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Each department, the, the the government must decide mm-hmm. that this is a priority. Sure, the government must decide first and foremost that this is what is one of their top priorities. Mm-hmm. How to get how to get the youth of South Africa, our children, and our youth. Right, educated and trained to participate meaningfully in the economy. Mm-hmm. If they decide that and they are serious with it, then all of them won't. They won't have a problem where one department have to jockey against the other department for a bigger slice of the cake. Mm-hmm. So that's a fundamental issue. But mm-hmm. let's go to the model. Yes. Right. So the National Student Financial Aid um, uh, Fund, right? Mm-hmm. The NSFAS Fund. Yes. The Act. That act was promulgated in 1999. Sure. And that is still the same act. Mm. Now, I'm asking the question, right? How can that be, how, how can that still be relevant 20 years after 1999? Mm. Life and society has changed a lot since then. Number one, the one thing that has changed is the number of, of learners that qualifies for higher education mm-hmm. and training, right? And just the sheer number has changed dramatically from 1999 to world 
if you want to compare it. Yes. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. So it is high time where we have to revisit that act of 1999 and see what should be the what should be the strategic uh, connection mm-hmm. with the society. What's the need? Because I I suspect I suspect it was promulgated in a time where we had a particular setup in society, and mm-hmm. that has changed. Absolutely. Right? Furthermore, furthermore, in terms of the funding model of universities in general, this is the general funding model. This is not the NSPAS, right? Right. The general funding model, um, uh, each, each institution um, set up an enrollment plan for their students, right? Mm-hmm. That enrollment plan, they take it to government. Government accept it, if, if it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. With particular targets in certain areas that needs about to be developed, etc. Then you get what they call the teaching input unit per mm-hmm. year. And that is what the universities then get, right, from government. So, for example, if you graduate with a BA degree, then you are funded. Uh, so then the university is funded so much. If you graduate with a BSc degree, the science one, you are funded so much. So that model is, is fine mm-hmm. in principle. But the challenge with that model is, right, um, and that is where things get interesting, mm-hmm. is that um, um, to create scientists and to create and to produce, in inverted commas, teachers, right, to serve in our schools, to create and to produce uh, uh, art, uh, artists, mm-hmm. etc. right? Education must be high up in that priority list, mm-hmm. in that funding model, right? Mm-hmm. So what they do... They fund according to certain priority areas. They weight the different funding areas. So, for example, economics, EMS, right? Economic mm-hmm. and Management Sciences, yes. in this model, will be funded more than education. Science will be funded more than education. Mm-hmm. So what that does, what that does is that universities are not going to take in a lot of education students. Do you get me? Mm-hmm. Because they are going to get more money for their sustainability if they take in more science students, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, it is high time now. Now, education has been, I, I think there are six such, five or six such funding areas in this mm-hmm. model. I think it is high time now for education to move up in that funding model because we need lecturers. We don't have enough lecturers even to serve our universities. Sure. We need we need TVET college lecturers. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. lecturers at other colleges. Yes. You know, we, 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 we are not producing them. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if a student now comes into the higher education system and they now want to choose a particular area to study in, they find that, they, that there's a struggle in that particular area. Mm, absolutely. Now, now I'm using this. I'm using this. I'm now going. Uh, I, I'll get to the sliding scale just now. Mm-hmm. One of one of the other ideas. I'm using this example to demonstrate the misarticulation that we find in our basic education system and our higher education system and the connection with government. Mm-hmm. There's a misarticulation in in my view. Those things must be sorted in order for the system to flow, mm-hmm. so that the learner when you enter school. You, you move seamlessly to the area you want to study in, and there's enough resources in those particular areas. So, for example, we are saying we need more artisans, we are saying we need more plumbers, etc. but our TV sector and our colleges are not geared for that. Mm. We, can't, we can't accommodate so many students in those areas. 
So you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. Now let me get to the issue of the funding scale. Mm-hmm. Currently, if you can get back to NSFAS, currently we have the 125,000 income uh, cut off. Mm-hmm. Right. So students who fall into that category, um, they get NSFAS support and they are funded almost 100%. Yes. It's a good, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But what about the students in their households who earn 130,000 rand. Mm. Just a mere 5,000 rand more. They are still as poor Correct. as the student falling in category one. Can you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So yeah. What, yeah. So what we are saying is this funding model needs to be based on a sliding scale. Mm. And this sliding scale must be based on the taxable income of the household. Sure. And that can, that can be an interim measure. I'm not saying that's going to be the perfect solution. Mm-hmm. But that can be an interim measure to accommodate more students according to the income of that household. Absolutely. Because they talk about this missing middle, remember. Mm. And those students, that group of students, that, that, that category of students, they are also growing year on year. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so, so yes, it, it, it's called for a revisit. It is disingenuous from the department and the minister of of, of higher education just to come and respond to in the students' protest. Mm. I mean, that is that, that's actually unacceptable. We are playing here with the futures and the lives of these of, of these youngsters. Sure, absolutely, Prof. Well, I definitely appreciate your insights. I like I like uh, very much the thought about the sliding scale. You know, financially, especially. I mean, the the, the rigid cut points really doesn't allow for the missing middle, and especially with the COVID nineteen pandemic, the missing middle tends to be a little bit more broader. Uh, you know, creating a greater standard deviation. But that's where we have to leave it, Prof. Thank you so very much for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Have a nice day. You Thank too. You. Take care, Prof. Uh, Professor Marman from UWC. Well, well, we are running a little bit late into our next uh, dialogue, our next uh, interview. But uh, yes, uh, let's head away. We'll be back in a few.